Welcome to another Verb Moto broadcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. You know what? We don't have a name for this show yet. There's been a few thrown out there. The No Name Podcast, No Front Breaks, because, you know, we just rush into things here and there. But reality is, we do not have a name for this yet. So please go on Twitter, mention at VerbMoto, at VerbPodNetwork, and please suggest some names for this thing so we can finally get that ironed out. But on with the show. Here we go. First up on the line, we have a repeat offender. He spins wrenches for Team Pro Circuit, which at one time, if you go back into the annals of Facebook, you can find that I am one. I dressed myself up as if I did race for that team, although there's no chance in hell that Mitch Payton was going to give a B-rider from Canada who was getting mid-pack results. Uh, but luckily, I was able to basically design the, the graphics identically, and you could buy the, the, the gear retail, so I was able to play dress-up for about two years until the gear was absolutely ratty. His name is Jacob Martin. Jacob, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks Glad for making some back. time for us. And you were able to bring your friend Seth. Seth, uh, like the, the last name thing is something that I've been perplexed by. I've probably said it 10 different ways. Seth, can you get to the bottom of how to say your damn last name? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's just Ham Maker. So, yeah, like Ham Maker, that's the best way I can explain it. And, yeah, there's a lot of different ways people say it, but it's just Ham Maker. So. Just one of those surnames, not totally unlike Carpenter or Shoemaker. Uh, very literal. I, I assume that somewhere down the line that uh, either a great-grandfather or something possibly even before him was a, a maker of hams. That's what we all say, so that's, that's what we're going with. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Your first time on the show. Uh, your your mechanic must have had a half-decent time uh, when I had him on. I believe that was either early February or even late January of this year. Uh, while you were on the mend, he was working with Chris Blose. Um We're not going to spend too much time talking about your, your, your Millville performance and all the things that went on there, but it sounds like you did quite a bit of passing. Yeah, Millville um, ate a lot of roost all day, made a lot of passes, which, you know, passes are good, but not in the situation that I came was in. And, uh, yeah, not uh, not the best day results-wise, but definitely some positives to take from the riding and um, stuff like that. But it is what it is. Not looking back on it, just uh, on our next weekend. Looking forward to watch Google. Yes, sir. Now, Jacob, when you, you see Seth down in that first corner, he's basically the last to get going. Uh, what's the thought process there? How do you encourage your rider forward? Uh, or do you just know, like, you, you guys know each other pretty good. You just let him go to work and and see what he can make out of it and end up being a 19th in the first moto. Um, and, and what sort of instruction can you give him throughout? Like, And, Seth, you can actually chime in on this as well. Are you a pit board guy or are you just ignoring him completely? Um, no, I... This like this weekend I could see the pit board pretty good, but some weekends, say like last weekend at Southwick, like I hardly looked hardly looked at the pit board at all just because sometimes it's in a bad area, like Southwick coming down that fast straightaway, it's like you don't really want to look over and it kinda of takes a little bit of your concentration away. So um but this weekend I looked at it pretty much every lap, I would say. So Jacob, what were what were you going through? You're probably like a just just a, a ball of nerves over there. Well, it was, uh, you know, unfortunately, he had broke the gas cap uh, in the first moto, so it was a rush to rush to get to the uh, the mule box and get a gas cap and get that on, and then 
it's kind of like just pat him on the back and he knows what to do and um, try to try to keep him focused on we got we got some some words and stuff we use but on the pit board more just try to keep him focused on going forward and uh, being able to 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 deal with the situation you're given and not like just be in the moment, you know, uh, and just keep charging forward. And I think he, he, uh, he does a really good job of that. So it was, uh, it wasn't, wasn't ideal obviously, but you're, you're dealt the cards you dealt and you got to deal with it. Certainly. And you're right, Seth, the, the pit board area at Millville is maybe the most advantageous place for uh, riders to be able to read the pit boards. Uh, that is my closest national. So uh, once upon a time, uh, I'd go like the first time I got a media credential back in 2016. Uh, let's just say I've got myself in a little bit of hot water, maybe put pushing the limits of what my access allowed me. Um, hanging out in the pit board area, and uh, I got tapped on the shoulder by uh, by a race official. Yeah, you gotta go, kid. Uh, but uh, I kind of got slapped on the wrist that way. But um, yeah, this like I love Millville. I've raced it multiple times as an amateur. Uh, Seth, I don't think you, I don't know if you would have ever gone far enough west to have raced it as an amateur. But that's got to be a track that uh, you sort of on, on a yearly basis sort of circle on the calendar. I like riding here. I like the soil. Uh, it's usually good weather unless it's balls hot. Uh, unless you're going to just completely dis- like kind of unpack everything that I just said and, and disregard that because you disagree. No, I definitely agree. It's one of the one of the tracks I always look forward to going to. Um, last year was my first year there for the national, but I actually was there in twenty. I think it was fourteen for. Maybe, uh, probably uh, even earlier than that, but it was for a regional, Northern um, okay. regional. We made the trip out, and that was pretty much the furthest we made a trip to go, you know, to a race or whatever. Um, but that was on a 65, and I was, you know, I didn't really know, you know, don't really remember the track from then a whole lot. But, uh, but yeah, it was that was kind of a cool deal. I ended up making the last spot there, so it ended up. Um, being pretty cool that we made the trip out but yeah Novo is always um one that i look forward to and like we kind of talk, i know some other riders were talking about this year the the they didn't really rip the trap track as deep which um i think could have been a little bit better like rip up the base a little bit more and get, uh, get but overall i really enjoy it yeah, I was surprised to hear that because, yeah, that track, when it, when it's ripped deep, watered, it can be about as good as it can be. Uh, obviously, it also can get very hard as, as the base is very clay, clay-like. Um, and, it, yeah, it's interesting to hear that you didn't end up getting your dad to break out the old VHSs or the, the handicam footage from you racing a 65 in order to prepare for this national. But uh, a lot of preparation has gone into getting you ready for these nationals. Uh, an injury pre-season um like it was an elbow or it was a, it was a wrist arm injury that held you out for quite some time and um yeah it's uh it, it's been a long road back uh take us through a little bit of the the recap the rehab per like the rehab side of things and then uh, once you were back on the bike how quickly you were able to get up to speed yeah uh, it was two weeks before houston Supercross, so it would have been my obviously the East Coast first round at Houston. Uh, just had a you know Cali test track, getting some laps in, and had a mishap wreck. Next thing you know, I looked down my arm and 
yeah, you know, you know, your season's done at that point. So, um, you know, went to the hospital and figured out what all was broke, and waited a few days to get some to get surgery from a wrist specialist. Got all that um, handled a couple of days after. Then, you know, it, it was a bummer because I broke uh, my scaphoid in my wrist and then my two arm bones, which it would have been just my radius and ulna. It would have been no big deal, just two months or whatever, and get back on the bike. But a scaphoid, uh, that takes a lot longer to heal because it doesn't get a lot of blood supply. So even even with all the therapy and stuff I was doing to help it, it still took even longer than they expected. They, at first, they had told me around three months recovery time, and then I went back for my three-month checkup, and they were like, yeah, we're going to give it another month. So it ended up being about four months. Um, which was a long time for, you know, it sounds, it was uh, were, um, pretty bad injury, but for like, you know, just the sound of it, oh, you broke your wrist, it was a pretty long time for that, but um, did all I could with therapy and everything uh, to get back as soon as possible. That was just kind of how it played out. Um, and then after I got released to ride, that was um, right before the first national actually at Fox, so the end of May, and then had about, I'd say, five weeks before um, Red Bud, so just put a, a lot of focus in the riding, and I was doing all my training off the bike, cycling, working out, and strength stuff while I, while I couldn't ride, so I felt pretty good when I got back on the bike with uh, fitness already, um, got back into riding shape. We decided Red Bud would be a good one to come back to, and I think everything is... Um, been showing you know and paying off that you know all the work that it takes to get back it's definitely not easy to come back mid-season but I feel like everything has been um flowing nicely and just want to keep progressing wherever the results are just keep keep building off every weekend and uh yeah obviously stay healthy is a big thing too so who places that phone call to to Mitch or is he on scene when uh you put your wrist on backwards um and, and the the reality sets in that you won't be racing any supercross this year? How'd that how's that conversation go? Um I don't know who called him. I, I know our um crew chief was out there. Uh or uh yeah, he I think he called him and then Jacob was talking to him. But he knew pretty much probably, I don't know, five minutes after I crashed he was um aware that that happened so but it's always tough when you know like even like the time i didn't get released at the three months like you know you got to go in and tell them and you know not that you can do anything about it but it just sucks because you know he wants you out there and you want to be out there is you know super bad but just some of the news you got to break from sometimes it's the way it goes yeah, certainly. The guy's been uh, running a team for over 30 years now, so it, riders getting injured is not a new thing. I'm sure it doesn't get easier at any point uh, throughout doing that. Like, Jacob, um, like, what's what's the mood around the uh, – that at that point, what was the mood like around the, the shop with so many guys hurt all at the same time? You had Reynolds with, uh, I believe it was an elbow or a wrist – um at that like only a couple weeks earlier was Forkner with his knee uh De Francisco was out it seemed like everybody had something yeah it's uh it's tough because especially when when everybody was having such a, a great off season you know and and you're getting close to the season 
and you're you're starting to think about you know that that first race or or for say the other guys you know the, the rest of the season and then it, it all comes crashing down it's um it's hard to stay positive you know and uh, it it's it was rough there for a little bit and then it's like and then it's like okay you know let's let's work work harder to get back and i think that um you know it's it's rough for the first little bit at you know everyone's bummed out it's like no one really talks much but then it you know it is what it is and um there's always next year so we gotta we gotta be uh we gotta be on it um and then, and then as you see everyone start coming back with Austin coming back, Seth coming back, um, Ryder even got injured at a point there. Like everyone coming back, it's all coming back together. Then it's like, okay, it's go time. I like it. So Seth, uh, this basically thrusted you into like, obviously like um, Jacob's not just your mechanic. You guys are good friends. You live together. And you were immediately thrust into a very open relationship between yourself, Chris Blose, and Jacob. Um, what were your feelings when you would come home? Like he'd he'd come home from a long day working with uh, with Chris, and, and you'd been at home doing your training and, and recovering and stuff like that. And he'd been out gallivanting with another woman. So yeah, it's not cool, you know. I was like, <laughs> man, like what the hell's going on? <laughs> uh, but no, it was it was fun. Like I'm even uh, after, like I heard Chris was gonna fill the spot and stuff. It was uh, I I don't really know Chris, but I just I you know as I got to know him, it was pretty cool. He's a really super uh, chill guy and just down to earth, so it was cool. But uh, but yeah, it was funny. Just even talking to Jacob about stuff that he does and stuff is just different because we always even when he comes home, it's like we're still talking dirt bikes and all that stuff. So it's um it's funny you know to talk about chris or whatever so but i don't honestly it was, it was, it was cool and uh yeah but it was kind of funny <laughs> yeah he comes home and you're like does he make you laugh <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love it um so how, how like <clears throat> not not that any you guys are actually in any actual relationship in any way shape or form but you guys do live together <laughs> yeah, we're but good that straight, i guess yeah so, how yeah. does this <laughs> But like, okay, how did this like the 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 friend the friendly relationship that you guys share? Uh, how did that start? How did you guys get together? Uh, I think we kind of uh, covered that a little bit when I had Jacob on. But uh, yeah, from 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 uh, Seth here, how, how the heck did you guys like connect and just like the two, I'm sure like when you meet someone new for the first time, you're just like hanging out and you're like, yeah, I actually like really vibe with this guy. We 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 click. Uh, how did that all come about? Uh, yeah, so I was at the at the farm at Ricky's place uh, my last two years amateur, and I, I didn't have a mechanic. I did all my um, practice like stuff on my own, and then I was getting pretty, you know, as I, you know, being down there, you're training all day, you know, you got your gym stuff, so it was just a lot to take to take on um, every day, you know, taking care of the bike. So um, I was down there. Jacob was working for. Uh, Kevin Moran and then um, Patrick Murphy too I think after that and then it was funny because like every every now and then I had some problems with my bike and I would you know go over to Jacob and 
he would help me out. I remember I stripped out my uh, rotor bolts one time, and he he got them out for me. Uh, but that was, it was just he was always uh, just helping out the farm, whatever anyone needed, he was there. Then um, I think I was, yeah, I was hurt. Um, I think we may have even talked about um, like him working for me before I got hurt, but then when I was off for a couple months, we kind of really. Um, you know, sat down and talked a little bit about the future. And then he was looking for another route to go. So um, right after that, got started working together. And then, um, yeah, I think everything just started, you know, clicking from there. But it was definitely, we were both young at the time. And Jay, I mean, Jacob was always a hard worker and you could see that. And he was just, he loved being there. So it was, it was definitely a good fit um, for me, and you know it's cool to see that you know even through some of my injuries as an amateur, you know at the end there we stuck together, and then when I came out here to California, he came with me, and we didn't really know what was going to happen as far as um, who my mechanic was going to be at PC. So we when we got out here, we went into the shop and talked to Mitch. Jacob went with and. Um, kind of let another situation and whatnot and we didn't know if like there you know because I don't there wasn't really a mechanic there waiting for me so it was a good opportunity for Jacob to you know get a spot on the team and went in there and I remember talking to Mitch and I think it was just you know that same day literally just stayed at the shop didn't come home with me and that was that was his first day so it gave him an opportunity and yeah it was is definitely is working out awesome Absolutely. No, I, I still think that Pro Circuit is a marquee team that uh, kids grow up wanting to be able to ride for. It's a an aspirational place. And uh, Jacob, you can kind of touch on this a little bit. There's been a lot of turnover with uh, the change of, of uh, the mechanics over there, uh, as there should be over the years. Obviously, they've been doing it for 30 years. There's some guys that come and go. But if you look at the roster, say, five years ago, the names like Ollie Stone, Brandon, uh, Brandon Zimmerman, uh, and Kyle Defoe just dotted all through that. And I think all, all three of those guys are gone now. Um, it's a kind of like a changing of the guard, uh, a new group of guys. Um, first of all, who's, who's Bay do you have and who do you work out of? And, uh, yeah. Uh, do you guys like still carry the, the same uh, camaraderie and, and good times around the, the shop? So I'm in, uh, Jan Primo's old Bay. Yes. Um, in, in the, in the corner so um and yeah i think that it, yeah it's actually completely different the the only so since i got that since when i started the the only standing people um that were there when i started is our crew chief and then obviously like mitch um otherwise the whole group is different and i think that yeah it's uh you know there's always the constant BS in the shop and, and talking crap and, you know, just you're on the road with, with these people almost the whole year. So you gotta, you gotta make, make the most of it. You know, you know, we all have our times and, um, our differences, but you you have to make it work. So, um, yeah, we got a good group and I think that 
teamwork makes the dream work. So if, if you don't if you don't have any of that, it's just it's not gonna work. So uh, yeah, we got a solid group of guys, and and everyone seems to everyone seems to get along pretty well, and it's it's just uh, it's a good environment. I like it, uh, Seth. Uh, spinning wrenches and and bike prep aside, what makes um, what makes Jacob a, a good mechanic for you uh, and bring the best out of you on race day? Yeah, I think he knows what uh, what works for me, what need, what I need to hear, and what I don't need to hear. Um, kind of, I think you know, it, and he's it was cool because he uh, he has learned that from me. You know, obviously it takes time to learn that from somebody, but we, you know, as an amateur, he was with me at the races and whatnot, so. I think it was cool when we went pro. It wasn't anything new. It was just kind of, it felt normal. Um, and I always know in the back of my head that, you know, the bikes there, I'm not worried about the bike at all. I know it's, everything's good. Um, you know, he's, he's positive. He's motivating, you know, for me on the gate and whatnot. So, um, it's just, it's just a comfort thing for sure. And, you know, when you know you have somebody, um, as good as Jacob, you know, even wrenching on the bike and, just uh in your corner it's always it's always a confidence building absolutely now and like it, it's funny because i i they, they say con- like uh, consistency wins championships and i'll take that a step further when it comes to to you seth in the fact that um i i firmly believe that in order to for you guys to like sort of ride to the best of your ability um consistency on and off the bike needs to be achieved. Like, I think it was a huge feather in your cap to be on Cowies for as long as you were and then move straight on to that as a pro. Uh, that, that's got to be a pretty seamless transition. Working with the same mechanic, working with Mitch. Obviously, you were on the, the elite program with, uh, with Kawasaki Team Green. Um, first of all, how different are those programs? Like, do you have much contact with Mitch and the pro side of things during your, the last couple of years of your pro side? I know you got hurt a fair bit during that time, but you can sort of dive into that a little bit, but how important do you, do you, do you think that it was for you to be like part of that and sort of just have like being almost like in lockstep to be able to just take that into the pros. And I think that was uh, a linchpin to you having some success right off the hop. I agree. Um, it, it definitely is super important and it just kind of makes, like I said before, like everything is pretty familiar. Um, and you know, you know, you're on a similar bike. There's, I mean, the, the PC bike is obviously, you know, a step above our team green bike, but it's still pretty similar. Then you're always kind of around the guys, never um, working with them super close, but you, you, you kind of know what to expect rolling in there. And then, um, and then with Jacob being with me, that was the easier step because we were both new to the team. So it was, it was kind of, uh, it's just kind of nice because, you know, he's at the shop, he can relay information. So I, you know, just know what's going on more because I'm new to the team and we can help each other out. So that was cool. But as far as like when I was amateur, honestly, we weren't too involved with like Mitch wasn't super involved with the amateur, um, team. Like we would, come out to california and test sometimes but it wasn't uh wasn't anything super close so it was, it was pretty new like getting to work with them you know full time is uh something you have to you know get used to and learn but it was more you know just with team green with ryan holiday and the crew over there so um but yeah definitely definitely still under the same you know uniform with kawasaki so it's you uh get to know everybody before 
before you know you move into the pro ranks. So it's kind of cool. I like it. Um, last thing I'll talk about uh, about the whole like you guys living together uh, before we get to a couple fun things throughout the, the end of the podcast. Who does most of the cooking? Who does most of the cleaning? And what is something about living with Jacob that drives you nuts? Uh, I would I would say uh, we do most of our cooking and cleaning like uh, on our own, especially the cooking because he's never home but <laughs> always working and then. I, uh, I'm always eating, I gotta eat healthy, so I'm going through dishes and food like crazy, it's like, we're running the dishwasher every goddamn day, so, uh, I don't know, it's, we do our, uh, you know, our own part in cleaning too, like on the weekends that we're home, and, you know, when I was hurt, I was home, so I was like, you know, I pretty much took care of it, you know, when you're racing, it's, it's hard to keep up with everything, you know, so, um, but yeah, then uh, let's hear this. What? I said, let's hear this. I know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Oh shit! I know I got something. I just, I just want to make sure it's the right one. <laughs> Does he just like leave his underwear in the bathroom? Like, what is it? I would say. Like, <laughs> there's either nothing or there's some good stuff that he doesn't want to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of curious. Um, maybe, um, maybe sometimes his forgetful memory. The lack thereof of memory, like okay, yeah. Is it just like um, leaving uh, leaving the laundry in the washing <laughs> machine for like sixteen hours, yeah, and now it okay? That, and yep. sometimes sometimes we're going through the fridge, and he's like, "What do you got all this shit in here for?" And I'm like, "Dude, that's yours. That's been in there for like two months." And he's like, "No," uh, and I'm like, "Dude, I don't even eat that." <laughs> Yeah, just a, a six month old leftover PB and J in the bath in the in the kitchen. That's understandable. Right. The guy's he's 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 working with multiple riders. He's 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 burning the candle at both ends. Um, all right. Well, uh, Seth got to roast you, Jacob. Jacob, you you gotta you gotta at least lay the wood to uh, to to, <laughs> Seth here. to Seth here. Uh-huh. Oh man! Or you can both just say something mean about Kevin Moran's, and we'll move on. <laughs> it's tough, huh? Yeah, it is uh, tough. It is tough. Uh, I'm not home much, so there's not much to usually complain about. You know? I'm trying to think uh, what I do wrong. Oh yeah, now gotta be some stuff jacob do you ever come home late at night and all the lights are off and and seth has left his gym bag in like the middle of the living room floor and you just like trip over it and like land straight on your face no we we got a corner we have a we have a little corner like as soon as you walk in the door to the left um where we uh 
he he's got his cooler and then some other stuff for his uh recovery from his injury and then i just like it's kind of a catch-all corner so we kind of have our have a method to our madness there like throw your bag on the left or no i think it's uh it sounds harmonious it sounds like you guys have it down to a pretty good science like are you guys watching motocross videos throughout the week like what's like what's on tv or does the tv even go on yeah oh yeah Set, set, yeah, it's, it's usually like when if I'm home and we're both home, uh, I'm not a big TV guy, but um, if we're both home, yeah, it's, it's old old moto videos on YouTube or, or even current moto videos. And then like Sundays when we get home um, from the races, it's usually rewatching the races. And um, but during race season, like, you know, I, I'm we're really, we're both home Sunday through uh, Wednesday, Sunday through Thursday. And um, I don't really, I don't really see each other much during the week. Cause you know, he's on such a strict regimen and disciplined with, with his, his sleep. And he's usually in bed by the time I get home. And then um, on a, on a busy week, it's like, I'll, I'll catch him in the morning for maybe five, ten minutes. Hey, what's up? See you at the track, or, or I'm not going to the track, so have a good day. And it's kind of, um, we don't, we don't, we don't catch each other much during the week. But kind of like you said, we have a good, like it, it just kind of, we got a good method to our madness, and it, it, we got everything set, and it just, we've been doing it for so long, it, it works, and. I think that I could uh, apparently I can do a better job of getting my laundry out of the uh, out of the the dryer so he can continue to do his. But other than that, they, I think we're pretty all right. That way, your clothes aren't getting all wrinkled up and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. just trying to take care of you every day. Yeah, yeah. Just toss that stuff in the dryer. Uh, all right, so. A couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Vanilla broadcast on Verb Moto, which this is going to be on Verb Moto, they did a um, Mount Rushmore of motocross videos. I have mine. I've I've said it on the podcast before. I'm curious for you guys, Seth. I'll let you go first. What's your four like? I'll I'll rewatch that motocross video over and over again, whether it's on in the background. I'm not even watching it. Or I just love the the soundtrack. What's your like go to top four Mount Rushmore of motocross videos? You're about to make me feel old too. Like uh like as far as like uh like YouTube or like Verb Moto stuff. No, just like like any like whether there's like Moto the movie or like Terra Firma, like all those like those videos and stuff you grew up watching. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It's weird because I haven't even watched any of those. Um, oh, God. Shoot. <laughs> oh, or like, like, like even a, maybe a, a, a race that stands out? Like, kind of like sure. that? Okay. Um... Like, have you guys, like, all the Terra Firmas are on, on YouTube. You should be watching them on a monthly basis, like I do. I know, there is a lot of stuff on YouTube, man. Mm. 
<laughs> this is bad. I'm sorry. I'm thinking. <laughs> All good. I'll give you. I'll give you mine just to like sort of jog your your thought process. I'm gonna go with Revelation 199, the Travis Pastrana video. I had that on VHS. I'm gonna go Terra Firma two. Because if you actually watch back, Terraforma 1, like, it has some iconic moments, but it actually wasn't that great of a video. It's also only, like, 36 minutes long. Um, and then I'm going to go with Great Outdoors 2, the one with, like, the southern guy who's, like, kind of breaking down all the races. Uh, the soundtrack to that is unreal, and that's just a great season. And then I'll go with, on the more modern side, I'll go with War Machines, which is uh, was a, a Verb Moto uh, pub, uh, vi video from back in the day. I think it came out in like 2013. I think it was uh, like Coop's last year on on uh, amateur or maybe his first year pro. Uh, that was a good that was a good video. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I think we just found out that you don't watch a lot of motocross videos. Mm, yeah, I. I mean, the one I can think of that I would put in there is like the Supercross one that what with the uh, was it a Disney one or something? Oh, like uh, like like Supercross the movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that one. I, I know I watched that one. Um, that okay. one. That I feel like that one's a pretty good one. Fair enough. Um. Bennett's War, I watched that, but that, I mean, I was in that movie, I don't know if you've seen that. You you're, seen that? I haven't seen that, but you're in it? Like, you're just like, like well, just a shot of you, or like, you you don't have a speaking part or any kind, no. So, like, the guy that was in there, he uh, was on the podium, and they took, like, my bike and, like, the picture of me on the podium when I won the Reddit and just, like, put it on with his number on my bike and stuff, and just That's had amazing. it in the movie. Yeah, it was pretty funny, uh, but yeah. There's not a lot of. I would say that there's, there's not a lot of. Uh, like we don't. I mean, I can. I think that I've never really seen them on. I I feel like we don't watch a lot of like, uh, like those videos. More just like mm -hmm. old old races, like and okay. like the, turn turn the GPS on and then. Uh -huh. uh, you know, just, just watch races more than I, like, I don't, honestly, I don't think I've, I've ever watched a, a terra firma all the way through. Holy crap. That's, that's, that's groundbreaking. Yeah. I, I'm actually kind of mad at you now. Um, like I said, they are on YouTube, but I totally get that. Like you guys are, you're, you're moto, like, like blood, sweat and tears. So yeah, just throwing on races themselves and just watching that stuff, uh, maybe more uh, up, up your alley than just like the artistic stuff with some like cool, neat shots and cool music and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I personally love watching old nationals from like the 90s. Or if you ever, like, my favorite season to watch is the 2001 Supercross season because at the beginning of the year, everyone's talking about how like Jeremy McGrath is going to win his eighth title and look how good he is and stuff like that. And then like by round six, when Ricky's won four Supercrosses in a row, listening to the announcers is hilarious because they're just like, all right, so this is Ricky's sport now. Uh, like It just completely switches. <laughs> when he's just winning everything. 
Yeah, when he, he rattled off 13 in a row. Um, last thing I have for you here is we're 35 minutes into the podcast, 30, and 35 is the number on the side plates in front of Seth Hammaker's bike. Uh, Seth, you've got um, you've got some merch, Hammaker uh, Co branded stuff like like t-shirts hoodies uh, all kinds of stuff uh i see that's been uh that's been popping off uh where can people find out more information about that yeah so you can go to uh stuff hammaker uh dot co on online and go to the website and uh even on instagram as well and go check go check out the merch um Jacob's been a big part in help helping help me out with that, uh, but yeah, I like it. And and uh, and Jacob, are you are you handling uh, almost all of the uh, the logistics on that, or uh, or or are you more hands off? Um, I kind of I do uh, I do a lot of the Instagram stuff for the Seth Hamilton Co page, and um, Seth and I kind of back. In the off season, and then even even early um, early this year, we we sat down and uh, had some phone calls and um, kind of got the got the design rolling, and then um, we kind of did every we did everything everything else in house as for uh, like website design and um, you know our our warehouses our apartments so we both we both are are pretty hands-on with that and um during the racing i I, i'll take a look like i'll handle um a lot of it because i don't want that's another thing he doesn't have to worry about right like he just needs to worry about going fast on the dirt bike so um yeah it's a it's a balance but i think it was just something cool for us both really to to dive into and and make it happen fair enough boys well i'm looking forward to seeing more from that seth last thing from you what are we going to see this weekend in washougal it's uh it's pretty far cry from where you you come from uh where you're born and raised but uh, i have a feeling that uh your riding style is going to complement this track in washougal i'm really excited uh in my favorite track on the circuit so and last year is my first year there and i i just really enjoyed it um I do think it complements my riding style um, and where I grew up, kind of the same dirt and soil. Um, so I think it's I think it's going to be good. Um, Got to get some good starts, put yourself in a good position, but I feel like my speed's there, my endurance is good. So just go out there and you know lay it all lay it all out there and see where we end up. But definitely definitely looking forward to a fun weekend. Awesome, boys. Well, I appreciate the both of you making time for me this morning. Uh, Jacob, you're probably uh, already sitting in the, the parking lot of PC waiting to go start a long day. And um, yeah, Seth, I'm sure you've got some training to do to get yourself ready for Watch Shugle. So um, this has been a lot of fun, boys. Yep. Appreciate you having me on and uh, good time. Excellent. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. And some of you guys probably wonder why I end up having that at the end of every single podcast. And I'll tell you why. When I first started doing Big MX Radio back in 2014, the most common kind of issue I had was I always proposed these as it's a phone conversation that I would I would 
like use my editing software to pose the conversation. And then when the conversation was done, they would often hang up and I wouldn't be able to do any sort of like preamble or I guess postamble to uh, sort of debrief and say, hey, how did that go? Did we touch everything you wanted to? Uh, people would just, I, I would just hang up the call and they would leg legitimately hang up the phone. And uh, then I'd have to either call them back or text them, hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, something along those lines. So I kind of just threw in there like, hey, don't hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, let's cut it off right there. And uh, this being episode 952 of the podcast, I've now said that out loud uh, at least 953 times, if not more, uh, throughout the years. So um, I don't know if it's, that's the best way to hang up a podcast, uh, but that's the way I do it. But anyway, guys, that was a fantastic conversation. Really fun to talk to Seth Hammaker as well as his mechanic, Jacob Martin. Uh, I will admit, I think they uh, were under the impression that when I asked them for their Moto movie or Moto uh, video uh, Rushmore, Mount Rushmore, they were thinking uh, feature length feature length films rather than actual motocross videos like Terra Firma, uh, Children of a Metal God, any of those. Uh, so that might have been lost in translation a little bit, uh, but and it might not have turned into the best audio in the world. Uh, but hopefully you guys were able to get through that and get to this portion of the show. Uh, really appreciate everyone taking the time to listen to this. Um, we have had some submissions or some suggestions for the name for this podcast on the Burb Moto Podcast Network. And uh, the first, the front runner so far is the No Front Break Podcast, uh, which kind of... Like, I think that sort of fits because we sort of charge into things uh, sometimes with reckless abandon. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think on that. Uh, some submissions on Twitter are always welcomed if you guys have take some time to do so. Um, but we are about two weeks away from the green flag racing at the ranch. So, and we've been ending all of the podcasts, not only on Big MX Radio, but also here, uh, my, all of the podcasts that I'm involved with, with Zach Herron's out at the ranch and this one will be no different i absolutely love this song you can find it on itunes you can find it on spotify um zach is uh, as a guy who does some work with verb every once in a while he's sort of an mc uh jack of all trades when it comes to working the microphone for us and he keeps the mood light and uh he's, he's also very very talented as a musician so uh check out this song this is uh this is getting a lot of play on my spotify right now this is out at the ranch by zach heron Kids up to grown man Walk through the gates of the coal miner's daughter To make a point clearer than the creek water now Who's the best, who's it gonna be In Hurricane Mills, Tennessee Can you feel the adrenaline Dirt flies hypnotized by the whisper Hear the crowd, everybody's whistling Line on the field If you can put it all together three times This one week of racing could Riding by the 30 second cards on its side. It's 
Do.